Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Hello, podcast listeners. How are you doing today, Stuart? Doing great. Welcome to the show. So, there is something about this particular episode I'm very excited about. We are at episode number 15. That's right. We have done 15 episodes, not including our intro. Um, we've, we've talked about some interesting things so far. Uh, right now, we've been kind of on a kick on business and money and how to do that with photography. So we do hope that all of you enjoy the show. If you enjoy it, please go leave us a review, specifically Apple Podcasts. That helps with our ranking in their system. So find Photo Op, Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you're listening to this on YouTube and want to go leave a review over there, that would be immensely helpful. Otherwise, we sincerely appreciate the uh, downloads, sharing with friends, and uh, comments, questions. So thank you guys so much. Uh, if you want to help us out so we can make more episodes, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, fun fact, a lot of uh, other podcast networks actually pull Apple Podcasts data uh, to help fill out their rankings. So even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you rate us there uh, on your platform, it'll actually help boost our rankings there as well. So thanks for helping us out. Uh, now in episode 15, we're talking about, yeah, woohoo 15. We're talking about when can you charge money? So our last episode, episode 14, we talked about, uh, why photography is expensive. And, uh, now let's say that you've, uh, you have those expenses ongoing. You've calculated all all that out and you realize that, uh, yeah, you should be charging money. Um, so when can you do that? Uh, that is what we're going to talk about today. If you haven't seen our last episode, Go do that first. Yeah, that's pretty critical there's, to this one. There's a little bit of homework there. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out what your cost of doing business is. Uh, the shortcut is go Google cost of doing business calculator, ASMP, fill that out. When you figured it out, come on back. <laughs> awesome. So let's assume you've uh, filled all that out and you know your cost of doing business. What now? Okay, right now, stop what you're doing and start charging break even. Stop mm-hmm. losing money. Mm-hmm. So just just an example of this is every time here's here's my camera here right there every time I click the shutter button I lose about five cents. So how did I come up with that number? That seems crazy. Well, one there is the actual shutter actuation. So it going like this. Your camera can only last for so many actuations. That's not saying the instant it hits that it dies, but on average, it will die after that amount of time. Yeah, there are mechanical parts in there. It wears out. Even even on electronic viewfinder stuff, there are you're pressing buttons. Mm-hmm. You are uh, you know burning out the sensor. It, mm-hmm. it is has to record so many times and eventually just gets old and quits on you. Yeah. So there are parts in there that will die eventually. It's not yeah. an if; it's a when. So it's happening right now. <laughs> it is it is happening right now. So you will need to replace that camera at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So if you take the cost of the camera divided by how many shutter actuations you get, 
That is some number. Now, it's a very small fraction of a penny, maybe. But then you add on the hard drives that you have to buy for storing all of those photos, the memory cards that you have to buy, the wear and tear on those memory cards, because those, just like your camera, will die eventually. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're also draining the battery life. When you drain the battery life and fill it back up, it doesn't actually fill up all the way. It fills up slightly less than it filled up before. And after draining and refilling it over and over again, eventually it will not hold a charge and you'll have to buy new batteries as well. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff adds up to five cents for that one click. Now, that doesn't sound like very much, but this also doesn't include any of the cost of all the other crap you're going to use. It doesn't include the cost of the gas going to and from your shoot. It doesn't co- It doesn't include your time. It doesn't include marketing to get the client. It doesn't include your time to meeting to close that client. It doesn't include all of like the electricity your computer is using to email those clients. It doesn't include any of that. Okay? And I still came up with the cost of five cents per per click entropy costs five cents (laughs) yeah so let's assume you go out and you do a photo shoot just a simple senior session okay you know like an hour maybe and you shoot 300 photos that just cost you 15 dollars out of your own pocket not including any of those other costs or your time so once you figured out your cost of doing business you figured out how much that click costs you, stop what you're doing, start charging so you're not losing money. Even if it's $15, $20. Mm -hmm. Have some value and start there. Yeah, you should should basically never be losing money. If you're not confident, if you feel like your skills are not up there, that's okay. Um, But you still have those costs and those costs need to be offset. Um, so yeah, you can still be a screaming deal to start with. That's fine. As long as you aren't losing money, that is the key part of this. Here's the thing. That cost is there. Someone Mm -hmm. has to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And if it's not them, it's you. You're paying for it. Yeah. So not be a losing game. (laughs) Yeah. So right out of the gate, unless you're a rich doctor or lawyer, I mean, Cool. Shoot for free. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Do You do you. But if you're concerned about this at all, just start with your cost. What does it cost you? You Even if it's just you never plan on doing this professionally, if you can, you know, beer money, if you can feed the habit, cool, great. Don't let it cost you money. So start there. Uh, the next step is get good. <laughs> this is a hard step. You tell me this all the time, Stuart. Whenever I ask you, hey, how do I do this thing? You're like, I don't know. Get good. <laughs> uh, there, There is a, a large uh, a large latitude for, for getting good uh, in photography and videography, any, or really any business for that matter. But especially with something that is so visual and so engaging engaging and and your business rides on that uh, entirely uh, getting good is very important and uh, yeah that's that's step three get good so yeah kind of with all of this of like immediately even if you're not good fine mm-hmm. whatever like try not to lose money on it mm-hmm. but then even if I say hey never shoot a wedding for under a thousand dollars. Okay, if that's just, like, the rule, don't just buy a camera and be like, cool, who wants to pay me $1,000 for a wedding? You suck. Mm -hmm. You're not good. (laughs) Get good. 
yeah this is uh and this this getting good i think varies a lot person to person so there are a lot of people with um a lacking uh in confidence or whose um whose taste uh, is outstripping their current skill by quite a bit yes yes that's a big one um and that's one that uh, certainly i personally fall into constantly even now that but everything before I make... we move on i you mentioned something there that i think some people might not understand sure so there's this graph of mm-hmm. your taste and your skill mm-hmm. so when your skill is better than your taste you think you're amazing mm-hmm. but what happens is you start to learn and, and that's where we get into the hdr hump where mm-hmm. we think we look awesome and it looks like trash right more saturation equals more better right yeah, exactly. More clarity. If it's less than 100, what are you even doing, right? <laughs> 100, export, 100 again. <laughs> oh, double down. I love it. Oh, it's awful. Okay, so so when you uh, start getting good and you start developing that taste, mm-hmm. your taste will outstrip your skill. And now all of a sudden you think that you suck. Yeah. And that's not because you got worse. It's because your skill is not up to where your taste is. So that gap is how much you think you suck, mm-hmm. basically. And so what will happen is you are going to get better. You are mm-hmm. going to constantly improve. But as you get better, you will constantly increase your taste mm-hmm. as well and your knowledge. And so your your uh, taste will pretty much always outstrip your skill. Mm-hmm. So... Forever. You're just always going to think you're not good enough. You're going to think imposter syndrome. You're going to think that you suck because mm-hmm. your taste is higher than your skill. So that that's the one nugget that you that is critically important to understand in what you just said. Mm-hmm. And so and so I bring that up uh, partly because getting good doesn't mean getting to the point where you feel like your taste and your skill are equal. Um, it won't happen. It won't. It won't happen. Like you need to get past that first uh, valley of sad HDRness. Uh, <laughs> you also don't <laughs> to have to think with. that you you have to be Anna Leibovitz before you can yeah. start charging either. Exactly. Yeah. If if you're you will once you get past the saturation HDR badlands, um, you will get to the point where <laughs> it's you're always bad forever, and that doesn't mean that you need to keep going and you can't charge until you reach the magical time where you're like, oh, I, hey, I'm not bad anymore. You will always think that you're bad, and that's just how it is. But thinking that you're bad kind of indicates that you might be actually good, uh, and that is what getting good means. Uh, you won't necessarily feel that you're good, but you will be. <laughs> that's true, because if you are truly, really bad at it, You'll think you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it's once you've learned the things that you don't know, you're like, yeah. oh, shoot, I'm actually really bad at this. And that is when you are now starting that journey to getting good. Yep. You just won't ever get there, sadly. <laughs> so that's step three. Get good or at least get to the point where you think you're bad. So that means you're good because that makes sense. <laughs> are, are, are we all following along? I'm not sure if I'm following along, but I, I think... I, th- I think we're okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so once you are now starting to get good and, mm-hmm. and honestly, what I'm talking about getting good is what is the bare minimum that is required? Mm-hmm. So if you don't know how to use flash, if you don't know how to use your aperture for depth of field, if you don't know, uh, if there is a very simple problem, you're like, hey, I'm shooting at one five hundredth of a second and my flash isn't going off. What's the issue? 
That's because you haven't learned the very fundamental of sync speed. Mm-hmm. So when you have learned these fundamentals and you are a basically competent photographer, it doesn't mean you're an amazing photographer. You're a competent photographer. Mm-hmm. You've, you've kind of hit that plateau of like good enough, at least for some people. There are mm-hmm. some people that you're still not good enough for, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that they don't know photography, they don't understand. If you're good enough for them, they're more than happy to, t- to let you take photos for them, especially if it's of their kids or their pets. They will love any garbage photo of their kids <laughs> or pets. <laughs> as long as you are competent enough, they are going to be more than happy to pay you for this service. Oh, yeah. Competency is key. And uh, especially if you're shooting easy to please kind of stuff, that's uh, a good way to to go. (laughs) So, yeah. Step number one, look at our last episode. Figure out your costuming business. Step number two, break even. Just just start charging that $15, $20, whatever it is, so that you're not losing money with every click. Mm -hmm. Step three, get good. Hit this competence plateau. Mm Mm-hmm. Be good enough for the masses who want to hire you. Um, I think kind of where that competence plateau is, I think, where a lot of people kind of get stuck of... They're they're way past that, but mm-hmm. they still don't think they've reached it. Of like they're doing super complicated. Like I see this a lot in my SOS where they're doing all these over the top fantastic composites with superheroes and explosion effects, and they're like, "Yeah, am I good enough? I don't know." Yes, you're good enough. <laughs> <laughs> What's step four? Ah, step four. What happens when you get good? Step four. So up till now, you have been charging your cost. Mm -hmm. You've you've said, it cost me $15 to do this portrait session because that's literally just the wear and tear of my equipment. What you do is you stop charging your cost and you start charging your value. So what's your value? Yeah, so think about this. So if you walk into Walmart and you buy a purse and it's like $10, okay? And you walk into Neiman Marcus and they have a Chanel purse for like $100,000. What is the difference between these two purses? Yeah, the Walmart one will fall apart after a week and the Chanel one theoretically won't. (laughs) Uh, But there is not $100,000 worth of stitching. There is not $100,000 worth of material. There is not $100,000 worth of actual cost of goods put into that product. Yeah, I'm sure it's, you know, alligator skinned and and blinged out with diamonds and all that. But that still doesn't add up to the full value that they're selling it for. That is a small fraction. What you're actually paying for is the is the feeling, the experience of having that thing. You're paying for the status of saying I have a Chanel handbag, you are, there are so many more kind of ephemeral, non-tangible feelings and things that you are paying for when you buy that $100,000 handbag versus the $10 one at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're both purses. They both do the same thing. They both hold your phone and your keys. Yeah, but which one makes you feel better? Which one gives that level of feeling of status? Which one has that feeling of, 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 competency and quality um that you really want which one of those fulfills that and the the chanel purse would be the one so the walmart one maybe it took nine dollars to make 
and they're selling it for 10. So mm -hmm. they're just making a small fraction on top. That is charging for your cost. Mm -hmm. That is what McDonald's and Burger King and any, you know, fast food place. That's why stuff costs like a buck 59 when it used to cost a buck 39 because their cost of meat went up and now they have to charge a little bit more for that thing. Mm -hmm. That is charging for your cost. When you're charging for your value, you're walking in to, you know, Daniel's broiler and getting their big juicy steak and that that, you know, costs like $40, $50. If the cost of steak goes up, you know, 2%, they're not adding an extra 10 cents to your meal. Mm -mm. It is the premium of the feeling and the experience and all of the intangibles that make you feel good about that purchase. Mm -hmm. and, so, and photography, at least good photography, is squarely in that latter category. Yes, absolutely. You can charge break even. You can do, um, you can do things at at cost for the most part or or barely above cost but photography really as we talked about in episode 14 hopefully you listen to that before listening to this um it is a luxury good in a sense and yes. you want there to are target commodity that photographers mm -hmm. there are those studios that say we will shoot your product on white and it's like ten dollars a pop and just boom 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 but they don't care about you mm -hmm. because if you're a commodity you must sell volume yeah Exactly. Um, like, if you're, like, a school sports photographer selling picture packs for, like, $10 a pop, you must sell a picture packet to everyone in this school to make even the tiniest bit of profit on mm -hmm. that on that sale. And, yeah, you're only making a dollar or two per sale, but it adds up in volume. But if you don't want to shoot 10,000 kids, then this is when you need to, to learn your value. So no matter what genre of photography you're in, there is a value you're communicating and you need to you need to know and understand what the client gets out of it that isn't a JPEG file. Mm -hmm. And and we should say that uh your value uh will change, it's fluid, it will it will probably increase over time as your skills get better. Your value past that get good point might still not be ultimate, ultimately where it needs to be or where it should be. Um, you still might be a little bit cautious and that's okay. That's just kind of the nature of how this stuff works. Um, but you should, you should re-evaluate your value periodically and see where you actually are. Have you gotten past that kind of competency level to something that's really special, really unique, um, you know, really valuable and start charging accordingly. So this is something that you should revisit uh, periodically. What is your value now? What, uh, what could it be in the future? Maybe you're undercharging. Um, maybe you should reconsider that. So um, this is not a static number and it's probably a number that will start lower really than it should be. Oh, absolutely. And when mm -hmm. I booked my first $6,000 wedding, I was scared as hell. Mm -hmm. There was there was so much imposter syndrome of like, oh, they're, they're paying so much more because I just raised my prices and I didn't think anyone would like do this top package, mm -hmm. but they're paying so much more than I've ever gotten before. Like, I, I just want everything to be absolutely perfect. And I feel like if they even have the tiniest complaint and I screw up even a little bit that I'm just like, oh, they, they overpaid. It's not worth it. They're going to get mad at me. They're going to like, trash talk me everywhere your mind goes to that like worst case scenario um which none of that happened simply wasn't mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. um and in fact not only was that that wasn't just the first and only time i booked it but i booked that package about 50 percent of the time now mm -hmm. 
Like yeah. that, that is the value that I'm actually providing to my clients. Um, yeah, it's scary. Uh, that first, that first, oh, that first scary, time, it is need, so scary. You need to start somewhere. You can't just stay in break even forever. That will make you very sad. You'll burn out, and you will, you will give up on this uh, almost certainly. Uh, so it is scary, but it has to happen. You need to take that leap. And once you've taken that leap, and you have happy, excited, satisfied clients at that level, then it's going to feel so much better going forward. You will have so much more confidence. Uh, in charging your value and continuing to potentially increase your value over time. You just have to do it. You have to start. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there's one photographer I know where they shot their first wedding for a thousand dollars. And every time they booked three clients, they added a hundred dollars onto their package. So their first three clients were a thousand. Their second three clients were 1100, then 1200, then third. And they just kept going. And there's like, we're just going to see when we stop booking clients and that will be the price. And they ended up at like five grand. Mm-hmm. and it's like i i know my value now like Good way to go. there there Good way are to go. things that you can do and i'm constantly looking at my packages and reevaluating them and not just raising my prices but also thinking about like hey maybe this is overvalued to me because people aren't doing it so what are things that i can strip out of that to lower the cost to make it so that it's affordable for the people who want it so it's mm-hmm. not just always pushing, 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 but that's actually, um, if you guys follow me, uh, not only do I have non creative, but I also have triple click photo, which is a cosplay photo booth. So that's what led to the creation of that photo booth. Not everyone has $300 to spend on a studio session, but do you have $10? Mm-hmm. If you have $10, you can get studio quality portraits of your cosplay. So it works both ways of like, what can you do to really, and the thing is those photos are way more than $10 to them. They're like, they love them. It is such an easy purchase. Fantastic. Done. But they don't have $300 for what would be my normal studio session. So always kind of looking at your value goes both ways of keep, keep raising your prices, keep understanding what that value is. But if you're struggling to figure it out, Figure out who are people who want to hire you, why are they not hiring you, and what can you do to help service them? Mm -hmm. So that's how I came up with that of like people who love me and my work and they just don't have enough money. So what can I do to make it so that I'm happy to sell them a $10 photo? They only get like 30 seconds of my time. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's worth it and they love it. So, so there are so many things you can do to figure out your value and be Chanel, not Walmart. (laughs) <laughs> so let's say you have your cost of doing business you're charge you charged your break even you got good or at least competent and you're charging your value what do you do now so i i think this is kind of in tandem with charging your value mm-hmm. but it this is kind of the step to being able to charge your value but uh it is unapologetic mastery so Unapologetic mastery does not mean that you're a jerk. Does not mean that you're just cocky and be like, I'm the best. I know it. What it means is that when someone wants to hire you, you are doing them a favor by providing that service. Mm -hmm. Now, don't be a charlatan. Don't sell something without being able to back it up with the goods and skills that you're saying that you're going to deliver for them. Mm You obviously have to be good and you have to provide on that promise. But what it does mean is that when someone is in desperate need of 
something and you can give them that solution, they are more than happy to pay for that solution. So let, let's just run through a couple of different genres. Weddings. They need someone who is skilled enough in this one subset of photography that they can make sure that they get the perfect photo the first time, every time, the whole day. If they find someone that they trust can do that for them, price is no object. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have budgets, but at that point, they're not nickel and diming you and seeing, well, this guy's a little bit cheaper than you are because you can solve their problem. Yeah. And they are guarantee. more than happy to pay you for that service. Yeah. You, you have that guarantee where other people don't necessarily. So you can charge those prices as a result. What's 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 another what's another uh, genre of photography and kind of the the service that you're giving them? Oh well, I mean, uh, you know, f- kind of following along the wedding lines, a portraiture is is huge. I mean, people want to look good, right? And uh, if you if you have the knowledge to make somebody look good, make somebody look their best, um, that is immensely valuable. People are 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 so kind of when they're getting portraits done are so rightly concerned with how they're going to look. And I'm sure many or possibly all of us can say that we've had portraits done that uh, we were really not super pleased with afterwards. And uh, if you have somebody that you can trust that is going to make you look good and you know that for sure. um, Oh boy, that is well worth the money. That's well worth paying for to have that guarantee. Um, that you're going to get that look, that you're going to get what you want out of that portrait at the end of the day. Confidence is so key. Giving that to someone is absolutely priceless. So, I mean, if you have that skill set, that is something that they are happy to pay for. Kind of, kind of likewise, flipping it around. If you do more uh, commercial type work, products, that kind of thing, being able to show that product in their best light. One, if you're super easy to work with, I, I've seen this a lot on commercial type products. They're like, we just need a bunch of on white, and the photo quality itself is not necessarily what they're paying you for. They're paying you for responsiveness and being able to not. Uh, bug them about all of these kind of minimal minimal things they don't need to micromanage you they can just give you a thing and it will be done and look fabulous Mm. so being able to kind of take that workload off you know the manager's shoulders and being able to give them that product that will have this roi for them that like they'll just shell out there are a couple of types of advertising i do where i'm like oh it's so expensive i don't want to do it anymore but like it was barely good enough i guess i'll do it again and then there are some types of advertising of like it, this is so good if i could throw more money at it i would throw all of my money at it if i told you for every dollar you pay me i'll pay you 10 i would just write you a blank check for all my money that's an easy deal right mm-hmm. so so if you are providing this value to the, the the wedding couple or the portrait client or the company, it'll it'll come back to you and they're more than happy to pay you for that. So that is what we mean when we say unapologetic mastery. You are not scamming someone. They're happy to pay you. So you've achieved unapologetic mastery uh, and you're charging your value. That's great. Um as we said, you are your tastes are going to constantly outstrip your ability, uh, abilities. Even when you have that unapologetic mastery, you've got that competency, so you know that you can deliver a service um, for uh, a 
hopefully a large amount of money, your value. Um, you're always going to have that imposter syndrome going forward that you are unsure that you're you're really you're really there that you really have that mastery that you're really delivering what uh what you need to deliver for that money and that's actually okay that's something that um both of us i know uh, struggle with uh with uh, with imposter syndrome and uh it's a very real thing and it's a very okay thing and i think that uh, maybe next episode we should talk about more about imposter syndrome, about our experiences with it, about how to, to, to deal with it. You're probably never going to get over it 100%, but hopefully have kind of a, a space where we can talk about that and share and um, help all of you who are in a similar position, who are feeling like an imposter in, uh, in the photography space. What do you think? Oh, that sounds great. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years full time. And so when I'm... When I'm out there shooting, I feel confident, I feel in the groove, but then as soon as, if there's any little bump or hiccup, just Mm. the back of my brain, like that lizard brain just starts thinking like, oh, they got you now, (laughs) they got you now, they're gonna, they're gonna find out. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, I think, a big part of imposter syndrome that isn't talked about too much. There's this general just like, oh, you feel like an imposter. But oftentimes, it's not that you feel like an imposter constantly. It's just like whenever anything goes slightly wrong or slightly not to plan, um, that comes up immediately. And that can really, really break you out of that groove and really uh, make you feel hugely uncertain in like an instant and so that's a that's a big part of imposter syndrome that's kind of a i feel like kind of a dark horse like people don't talk about it but that's possibly the <laughs> yeah. biggest i think long-term thing with imposter syndrome well and we should now definitely that you've broken it. me out of my groove and made me feel <laughs> all garbage uh i'll talk to you next week and all we'll right. figure out how we uh how how we fix this and how we how we deal with the the constant constant voice in the back of your head sounds good i guess <laughs> If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.